right, so when we talk about rock deformation, we're referring to something called structural geology. So we've talked a little bit about these concepts uh, already. So you'll kind of tap into some of the information that you learned during plate tectonics. And also uh, last week with the geologic time scale and stratigraphy lab that you did. So we're just reinforcing concepts, introducing some new terms. And um, this lab is really great because it's, it's all visual. So you'll really be able to tell, okay, are you a visual type person or does it not make any sense to you? You might, it, you probably haven't done anything like this before. So hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, this is a picture of a rock. You guys have actually already looked at this before in the chemical sedimentary rock lab. This is a rock unit called the Castile Formation and it's layers of gypsum and hydrite and some of those brown ones are little grains of silt. As you're driving up to Carlsbad Caverns from El Paso, it's in between Guadalupe National Park and Carlsbad Caverns. You can literally pull over on the side of the road and see this stuff. It's really, really beautiful. But the reason why this is on here is you can actually see, see these little bends. These are called folds. And when you look at these folds, the ones that are making um, an A shape, that's referred to as the anticline. And then the ones that are making a U shape are referred to as a syncline. So those are two really important terms that you guys will have to remember uh, for your final exam. Okay, so we're gonna talk about how rocks deform. All right, this is a picture of a metamorphic rock and we refer to this as a Z fold. Can you guys see why it's making sort of the shape of the letter Z? And this is an indication that compression or convergence would have taken place. All right, so structural geology is the study of rock deformation. Uh, there are two things that we refer to when we describe deformation. That's referred to as stress and strain. So those are two key words. This is already on Blackboard as well. It's already loaded. Um, and then I'll upload the podcast after the lecture. All right, so what is stress? Stress is a force that is applied to a body or an area. So literally you can think of, okay, I'm gonna push this table and the, the motion or the action of me pushing the table is gonna be the stress or the force, so pushing it. When we look at stress, it's actually divided into two different categories. You can have uniform stress. That's basically like if I were to push the entire table forward and it would all move forward as one cohesive unit. And then the other type of stress is differential stress. And that's like, let's say if I were to push one side of the table and only the side of the table would move and then the other side of the table would be stationary. So that's the key difference between the two. If I need to slow down, let me know. Okay. All right, so when we're talking about differential stress, so that's uneven stress, there are three different types. The first one is referred to as tension. So if you guys remember extensional plate tectonics, uh, a divergent boundary or pulling apart, that is what tension refers to. The second type is referred to as compression. And this is when you push the rocks together or the rocks are squeezed together. And then the last one is known as shear stress. And shear stress is essentially uh, that side to side motion 
that we looked at, um, like associated with the San Andreas Fault or something like that. Okay, so this is going back to some of the concepts that we learned from plate tectonics. Uh, it's probably almost been a month now. So this should be somewhat familiar to you. All right, so these are block diagrams. In your lab, you're gonna have these. Uh, you're gonna have to evaluate and look at them and determine what type of um, stress has taken place. So if you have compressive stress where you have convergence or you're squeezing together, you can either have folding. So this is folding right here, this picture. You can see here that this is an anticline and this is a syncline. Or you can have faulting if the rock breaks. And when you're dealing with compressive stress, you deal with reverse faults or thrust faults. Thrust faults are typically um, just an indication that this angle is much lower. So this is a high angle reverse fault. It's probably 70 degrees, this angle. If you flatten it out to like 20, 30 degrees, that would be considered a thrust fault. The other types of tensional stress, this is where you get stretching and thinning. So you're pulling it apart. So you'll get something like this. And then normal faults are a result of ten tensional stress. Is that what's going on like with the uh, Rio Grande Rift? Uh -huh. Is it tensional stress? Yes, exactly. Yep, good job. And then uh, shear stress, the side-to-side -side motion. This is sort of the bending that you get. You can get a right lateral or a left lateral fault right here, or right or left lateral bending. All right, so strain. So now we're moving from stress is the action and strain is the result of the stress. So it's a cause and effect statement. Um, it's easy to get these mixed up, but in the most simplest way to think about it is stress is the force and then strain is the result, the way that the rocks look after that force has been applied. And a key thing to remember is that stress is proportional to strain. So if you have a really, really big force pushing forward a lot of stress, you'll have a lot of strain as a resultant, okay? The result of the force. When we're dealing with strain, we have three different types of strain. So rocks will deform in three different ways. The first type meaning elastic strain. And the best way to think of this is if you have a rubber band, you can stretch out the rubber band, but the rubber band will go back into its original shape once you're done stretching it, once you're done applying the force to it. So certain rocks behave like that. Um, if you think of the minerals lab, I wasn't here when you guys did the minerals lab, but do you remember like uh, muscovite and biotite? Those are those really thin sheets that were somewhat transparent, translucent, and you could bend those around. That would be elastic strain. So you can literally bend the rocks. These typically tend to be really, really soft minerals. So you could be like talc or gypsum, although that's more on the plastic side. But muscovite and biotite are really good examples of elastic strain. So you can bend it around and it'll go back to its original shape. The second type of strain is when you have plastic or ductile deformation. So if you think of something like um, like taffy, for example, and you can bend the taffy and it stays bent, that would be plastic strain. When you're dealing with um, brittle strain, that's when you, let's say you take taffy and you break it really fast, you try to bend it really quickly, or let's say the taffy is really cold and it breaks, that is brittle. So hopefully you can... Um, 
But it would be good to remember these terms, but hopefully they make sense. Is everyone pretty much on the same plate with that? Okay, good. Because it's easy, it can be easy to get confused by some of this. Okay, so that's just the detail. Okay, so when we're dealing with whether something is, let's say, uh, plastic strain or brittle strain, or even elastic to some extent, there will be uh, some factors that will control whether a rock bends or whether the rock breaks. And those key factors are gonna be temperature. The warmer that something is, it's more likely that the rock is just gonna gently bend if it's warmer. If it's colder, it'll break. Uh, same with time and strain rate. So if you quickly go in and try to bend a rock, it'll break. If you're really slow, like if you're really slowly forming a mountain belt, it's more likely that the rocks are gonna stretch or bend and less likely that they're gonna break in the most simplest uh, way. And then lastly, it goes back down to composition. So what are your rocks made from? What is the mineral composition? Is there a high amount of muscovite, biotite, talc, fluorite, some of those softer minerals, they will tend uh, to deform ductily, so they won't actually break, as opposed to something like quartz or conundrum or um, like feldspars, some of those harder minerals, those are going to always break. And then also the amount of water that's present in the pore space of your rock. So typically water acts as a lubricant, and if you have a lot of water with the rock, like in a shale, it's going to behave uh, more ductily and it won't necessarily break and form faults. All right, so when we're dealing with brittle strain, so the type of strain that causes rocks to break, you'll have a fault. And you'll have three different types of faults. You can have a reverse fault or a thrust fault over here on the left-hand side. And then this is a picture of what it looks like. You can have a normal fault, so this is what we see in the Rio Grande Rift. And then you can also have a strike-slip fault, so the side-to-side -side fault. And depending on the orientation of this fault, um, which way it's moving, you're either going to have a right lateral or a left lateral. When you get to this question in the lab, if you don't understand how to tell the difference, I'll show you a really quick and easy trick of how to do that. But I'm not going to do it now. I'll wait for you guys to come on it for the lab and then I'll show you how to do it. So you'll hopefully remember it forever. Okay, so plastic strain. The first type of plastic strain, so when we're in a convergent uh, plate tectonic setting or you have uh, forces being pushed together, folding results. And when you're looking at folding, you can have an anticline which forms an A and then a syncline that forms a U within the rock. That'll be really important to know. The other type uh, when you're dealing with divergence is stretching, so you're pulling apart. This is what the rocks will look like down here. And then when you're dealing with the side-to-side -side motion, you'll get shearing. And when you have shearing, you have really cool structures like this. So this would have been a square grain, and it's essentially rotated along the side because of the shear. All right, so when we're dealing with folding, if you look at a fold, we give uh, names to different parts of the fold. So if you have a symmetrical fold, um, you can draw a line down the center of fold, and that's called the axial plane. Well, it's not technically a line, it's a plane, a two-dimensional surface. 
the line is referred to as the fold axis. When you divide the fold in half, you have a limb on either side. And this is considered just to be a regular standard horizontal uniform fold. A lot of times when you're dealing with convergent uh, plate settings, you'll have multiple folding events. So you'll form a fold and then you'll fold that fold. So folding can happen in like two different events. A lot of times it happens more than that. What happens as a result is typically you'll get a plunging fold. So if you fold a fold, it could be a plunging fold. Or if you have a single event that has um, differential pressure. So if you're folding one area of the rock and maybe not as much as the other, you can have a fold that is plunging at uh, something that's not horizontal. So you're actually, this picture right here is showing you it's 45 degrees into the ground from horizontal. So whenever a fold is plunging into the ground, you, it's, yeah, it's not horizontal. We refer to that as a plunging fold. All right, this is an anticline fold. The key thing to note about uh, an anticline fold, so there's two questions in your lab on this, is when you're dealing with the anticline, the oldest uh, rock layers or the stratigraphy is gonna be at the center of the anticline. So imagine that this would have been a hill, so a three-dimensional hill, and then it got eroded away for whatever reason, whether it was the glaciers, it was a river, it was um, an ocean, a transgressive surface, whatever it may be, you had your fold, your hill, and you eroded it away. At the center of your ancline, you're going to have the oldest rocks because of the law of superposition. So remember last week we learned about that the oldest rocks are at the bottom and then the youngest rocks are at the top. Well, when you take those rocks, you bend them, you plane them off, in the center is going to be the old rocks and then out towards the edges, it's going to be the younger rocks, okay? Um, if you have questions about this while you're doing the lab, be sure to ask me. Likewise, the opposite is true with a syncline. So let's say you have a syncline right here, a U-shape. The youngest rocks are gonna be located at the center of the syncline, and then the oldest rocks are gonna be located out along the edges, okay? You can also have asymmetrical folds. So you notice that these are plunging folds, these are at an angle, and that's from differential stress. Here is an example of a fold in outcrop. So you can see here, this is uh, this dashed line is the axis of the fold right here. So you're going through the center of the fold. You have a limb on either side. Is the, is mm -hmm. the limb just the middle layer? Uh, it would be each of the layers. It would be, it's all the, the layers uh, together. It's essentially this, this entire, excuse me, when you go left of the axial plane. Oh, okay. It's this whole thing. And then the second limb is when you go right okay. of the axial plane. Yep. You can also have overturned folds. So these are just when your anticlines and your synclines are really, really slanted. That would be an overturned fold. Okay, we already spoke about that. This is what a plunging anticline looks like if you erode some of the rocks away. So once again, you either had glaciers or you had um, intense weathering, a river, what have you. You erode your anticline, and then this is the structure that it'll make on the Earth's surface. So this is how it will be expressed. And I think you have one question that refers to uh, plunging anticlines and synclines. This is what the syncline will look, the rock patterns will look like on the surface. And then once you start to sort of zoom out and get a more regional picture, you'll actually see this would be like a, a, a mountain belt or a fold belt. 
and you get a series of anaclines and synclines. So that's dealing with compression. Okay, that's all that I have for you is a really quick lecture.